0: This is John Gramstrand, and I'm a Certified Energy Specialist for CHS Ag Services in Stephen, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success.
1: Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan, along with Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. While we do have some snow in the forecast next week, uh, World Weather Incorporated is saying two to four inches are possible. Snow also in the forecast during the second week of the two-week outlook, beginning the 17th of February and continuing through the 24th. High temperatures through Tuesday will be in the 20s and 30s before falling to the single digits and teens by next Thursday. And lows will be in the teens and 20s through Tuesday before falling into the positive and negative single digits by next Thursday.
2: Brazil soybean harvest will continue to be interrupted by frequent rounds of rain and thunderstorms that occur over the next two weeks. World Weather Incorporated says central Brazil from Mato Grosso to northern Paraná will see the greatest possible delay from southern Brazil that will remain mostly dry. World Weather says some field work and harvest will occur in the wettest areas, but longer periods between rains will be needed for rapid harvest advances. Argentina is expected to see hot and mostly dry conditions continuing before widespread rains occur early next week. Highs are expected to range from the middle and upper 80s
3: to as high as 104 degrees. The corn and soybean markets continue to chase the wheat market higher. AgriSampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith says there's not much fundamental news, so the grains are chasing headlines.
4: That wheat up more than three percent. It's going to be very hard to keep uh, corn and soybeans down. We haven't had a lot of news flow, so the market's a little bit loose here. The WASD didn't provide any great surprises so this is definitely creating some additional risk premium coming into the market
3: a battle for acres will occur but smith doesn't expect wheat to be a major player
4: i think if looking at acreage competition we will have obviously the natural tug-of-war between corn and soybeans we may very well see some cotton acres get folded into the corn and soybean markets as well where people can I don't really think you're going to be too inclined with the wheat acres where wheat prices are to do much with that. I don't know we have that much flexibility there anyway. Also, the soybean oil is up noticeably on the stronger crude oil, and that's helping give a lift to the beans.
1: National Council of Farmer Cooperatives President and CEO Chuck Connor is optimistic about the upcoming Farm Bill debate, but he is concerned about the lack of activity. Conner says Congress is consumed with the debt ceiling issue.
5: It's sort of taken all the oxygen out of the room. This is a time where we really ought to be quickly laying the groundwork on the farm bill and sort of getting things ready to start having committee debates and uh, discussions, and we're not doing that yet. I know we've had a few hearings, but there's really been no serious kind of farm bill activity, mainly because we're still sorting through all of this debt ceiling debate that is pending before Congress. By the time that's resolved, I fear... The clock may just be working too much against us, you know, to get the farm bill done uh, this fall or even even by the holidays.
1: Farm bill priorities for the Farm Cooperative Organization include strong commodity title, a uh, crop insurance title. Uh, climate smart agriculture is also part of that discussion.
5: I've been working hard to really try and get agriculture out front of this climate debate in a way that is very, very pro-farmer. In addition to being something that can really give us a lot of credibility out there in the consuming community that agriculture is absolutely doing everything that we can, you know, to be as climate friendly as we possibly can. And I I think we can have both of those objectives. Title two in the farm bill will be a key part of that. And We're going to have a lot to say about that uh, going forward.
1: And the National Council of Farmer Cooperatives annual meeting wraps up today in Orlando. Labor shortages are a top issue at the meeting. Connor said labor is the reason many farm cooperatives have postponed plans for expansion.
2: The North Dakota House A Committee heard House Bill 1515. Representative Dawson Hawley introduced the bill saying there is high demand for raw milk in North Dakota.
3: There has been a severe shift in the market to, for demand to raw milk directly from the farm. Now there is a cow share program already in North Dakota, so this bill is not competing with that, but only creating another avenue to strengthen our state. I think one of the best things about being American is the amount of freedom we have. We should have freedom for what food we eat and drink. Raw milk is a product that if properly, safely measured in place, I can really see making a difference not only in small farms, but reviving North Dakota's dairy industry.
2: Several individuals testified both in favor and opposition of the bill. North Dakota Health and Human Services Director Michelle Deathloff spoke in opposition of the bill, saying there could be health risks associated with the unregulated sale of raw milk. Unpasteurized dairy products such as raw milk have contributed to the transmission of infectious diseases and this has been well documented. Pasteurization, which is the process of heating milk to a high temperature for a long enough time to kill these bacteria, has been recognized as one of public health's most effective food safety interventions of the 20th century. Raw milk has been recognized as a source of infection for over 100 years. Harmful pathogens such as Campylobacter, E. coli, Salmonella, and Listeria can contaminate milk and cause serious illness, hospitalization, or death. Liability concerns were also raised if illness did occur.
3: After news that the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act was reintroduced to Congress, U.S. Cattlemen's Association President Justin Tupper is happy to see the bill back on the table.
4: It's something we've worked on uh, at length in the last Congress and did get it out of the Senate Ag Committee. Uh, we're disappointed they would never bring it to the floor. Uh, we think uh, we do have uh, strong support, uh, and it is uh, um, on both sides of the aisle. So we're thankful for Senator Fisher and uh, all the co-sponsors that are bringing it forward here in the new Congress. I want to emphasize, I think, uh, the, the competition part of it, to making sure that we can have a competitive marketplace. The big four Packers have worked really hard not to be competitive in this market. And I think this is uh, not a fix-all, be-all bill, but it is definitely gets us in the right direction.
3: Tupper says even with the cattle cycle lending more profitability to livestock producers, keeping markets transparent is still important. Go to rrfn.com and sign up for our weekly Red River Farm Network e-newsletter. FarmNet News hits your email inbox every Monday. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.
1: Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Rabobank Regional Director Kyle Brungart says it may take some time for farmers and ranchers to navigate high interest rates.
0: Interest rates are, are on the rise, right? We've seen that. Uh, so it's a different environment that we haven't been in for a lot of years. So this is something new that managers or producers and you know their current lenders are having to work with and work through too because, again, I, I'd say over 10 years plus we haven't been in this rate Rise environment, so I think it's something we all got to focus on and and, and manage that cost.
1: And Brungardt says uh, has ob- observed a decrease in land purchases, but more money in the economy from operating loans.
0: We're seeing you will see a slow in real estate purchases. Right, right now is what we're seeing uh, because of the higher rates. Uh, operating lines are at high usage right now so we're actually seeing a lot more increase in those as well with our current clients. And you know, new clients come to Rabobank, Uh we're able to help them where their regional or local bank can't go to that capacity because of the rising costs, input costs, everything else. So we are seeing, you know, more operating money out there in, in usage of it.
2: Purdue University and the CME Group's egg barometer showed higher farmer sentiment for January than the month before, but farm financial performance indexes declined. Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture Director Dr. Jim Mintert says that increasing interest rates may be a contributing factor.
5: The rise in interest rates, I think, has caught people's attention. They're starting to worry about it. And of course, as we head through 2023, that's where we're really going to feel the impact. Um, You know, for a lot of farmers, until they kind of renewed an operating note here over the course of the winter, they probably didn't have a good grip on exactly what the rise in interest rates was going to mean to them and their farming operation. But as those conversations have started to take place at the end of 22 and here in early 23, I think that's really coming home to people in terms of what impact that's going to have. And it's going to be substantial, particularly if uh, some of the comments that the Fed made this week about uh, interest rates having to stay up for a while to uh, tame inflation uh, turn out to be true.
3: According to USDA's first official net farm income forecast for the year, higher production costs will drive down 2023 net farm income by nearly 16%. The biggest factor in the forecast shows a decline in commodity prices with total crop receipts expected to decrease by $8.9 billion from 2022 levels.
1: The latest inductees into the Minnesota Livestock Hall of Fame have been announced. The honorees are purebred Holstein breeders Jerry and Linda Jennison from Bruton, Hereford cattle breeder Jerry Delaney of Lake Benton, and dairy farmers Fran and Mary Ann of Hugo, and the late Dr. Harry Ramagen, who developed ova transfers and cryopreservation in cattle production. Portraits of the inductees will be hung in, the, in Heckler Hall. Uh, on the University of Minnesota St. Paul campus. The recognition will be given at the Minnesota Livestock Breeders Association's annual meeting, which is March 9th in St. Paul.
2: The number of BNSF past due rail cars continued to improve during the week ending February 3rd. The average weekly dwell time, however, increased by 6 hours to 26 hours. The number of unfulfilled orders that are 1 to 10 days past due improved to 693 and orders 11 days or more past due improved to 4,200. Canadian Pacific dwell time increased to 51 hours and unfulfilled orders 1 to 10 days past due increased to 277. Order 11 or more pa- days past due. improved to 191.
3: A1 Development Solution Managing Partner Ty Eschenbaum says the interest in expanding animal agriculture, particularly in swine and dairy production, is spreading from South Dakota to North Dakota.
4: A lot of family uh, farming operations that are looking to diversify or bring a young person back to the farm, um, or maybe want to get nutrients out under their uh, ground that they're growing uh, corn, soybeans, wheat on, and uh, an easy step into animal agriculture is to uh, put up a building and uh, uh, have a location that works for contract uh, swine finishing.
3: South Dakota's livestock productivity dipped in the 90s, but a push for more in-state and use of value-added agriculture kick-started it. Get the latest news and weather updates anytime by listening to the Red River Farm Network podcasts. Listen at rrfn.com and most anywhere you can get your podcasts. This is the Red River Farm Network.
1: Welcome to Inside Agriculture. Let's catch up with Ag Week publisher, Katie Pinky. Katie, what's on the cover of Ag Week this week?
3: Yeah, we went
6: up to Grafton, North Dakota to visit with the North Valley CTC, the Career and Technology Center. And it was really fun. We, they have four agriculture teachers there and we interviewed Molly Zaradka and then also Mike Hansen, the director of North Valley CTC, as well as a student, the Grafton FFA president, Samuel Green. And we're really taking a a deep dive into some FFA this month in celebration of National FFA Week, February 18th through the 25th. So this week kicks that off and it's a fun, it's a fun look at Molly's uh, career choice of becoming an agriculture education teacher after not being in FFA or, or ag ed classes growing up. And then we also just look at the CTC concept and and what they're doing at North Valley.
1: I just want to say that North Valley location is kind of unique, isn't it?
6: Yeah, it's it's a very rural area, and there's six school districts utilizing the North Valley CTC, and we obviously focus on the agriculture education aspect, but all of the five course areas have a career and technical student organization attached to it, so, whether it be business or health or construction and welding, auto, you know, there's just a lot of different career and technical education happening. It's actually impacting 240 students in Northeast North Dakota.
1: Well, Katie, sounds interesting. Looking forward to reading about it next week's Ag Week. And let's check markets here before we leave you this afternoon. We're seeing uh, March week Minneapolis 13 cents higher at 9.30 and a quarter. Chicago March wheat's up 26 and a half and Kansas City 27 and a half. March corn is 8 and a quarter higher at 679. December corn's up four and a half at 595. March soybeans 22 higher at 1541 and a quarter. November soybeans 12 and a quarter higher at 1377 and a quarter. Canola's up 620 a metric ton. April live cattle up 37 cents. March feeders are down 30. April lean hogs down 2 cents. This is the Red River Farm Network.